We've all had our share of experiences, both good and bad, at restaurants. In this episode, we discuss our pet peeves with restaurants and why a consistent, high-level customer experience training program will elevate that experience for your customers. Great experiences at restaurants. That's the topic for this edition of the 2120 Podcast. This is the 2120 Podcast, where each week, two guys take an idea, an experience, or a topic that we're passionate about, and we talk about it with you for 20 minutes. Welcome to the 2120 Podcast. I am Matt. And I'm James. And we are at our normal spot, hanging out, talking about stuff that we think people would want to listen to, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I had an option of uh, speaking in front of a group on Monday night uh, at a brewery that I really, really love. And they asked to come in and talk about customer service. Sure. And I did my presentation, and uh, it was fun. You know, 16 to... uh, 20-something, you know, kids that are trying to do good things and, and it's part-time jobs, you know, yeah. and nobody's really taking it serious. It's just a, a paycheck, but, you know, they want to completely focus on the customer experience. And one of the owners asked me at the end, you know, what is your biggest pet peeve when it comes to basically the food or restaurant industry? And I had to think about it and I'll tell you mine in, the, in a second, but like, I want to know yours. Biggest pet peeve when you're involved in the restaurant industry. Um, think about the best experience that you've ever had. You walk into this amazing restaurant and you look around and, and the ambience is awesome. You have great greeters. They seat you quickly. They're really attentive. And, and especially when this is your first time, you look around and it's like, wow, I, I, I'm so excited. And my thing is, is I've, I've seen this happen before. I've, I've had to get up, use the restroom, whether I need to wash my hands, whatever it is, right? I'm going into the bathroom. And for me, my pet peeve is this. There's the, there's the moment when I notice that there's paper towels all over the floor, that there's water on the counter, that you know, there's the little fragments of the, the, the paper towels laying around. Maybe the garbage is full. Or in like my, my biggest thing is, is like, what if the soap dispenser's out? And because you look at that soap dispenser and that's where that sign says, um, you know, employees must wash hands. Sure. And I know that if that's that soap's out. not there, it makes me start to think. And that's the, that's the cognitive dissonance that, that starts to come up. So now I, when I walk back to the table, regardless of all of those things that I just described, you know, the, the atmosphere was amazing. I've had great service up to this point. I'm starting to question everything mm-hmm. at this point. And so that's my biggest pet peeve. Um, so mine was very similar to yours. And I'm, I'm that guy too, but for me... I go into the restroom first ah. when I get there. Like we'll, yeah. we'll walk in and we'll, I'll walk and wash my hands quick. And if I have that moment of, oh, right. guess where we're going? Not to that restaurant. We're going somewhere else. And there's, there's been a couple of times, not, you know, not too often, where I'll load the girls back up in the car. And we'll, go, we'll drive somewhere else because it's, just, it's nasty, right? This is a really good pro tip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to keep your your patrons, make sure your restrooms are nails right out of the gate. Especially when, you know, when there is a a wait 
You know, when you're all bottlenecked in there and you, right. they give you your flashy thing that's going to vibrate here in a little bit, right. and everybody's sitting in that area and you get up to go to the bathroom and you walk in and it's immaculate, it's cold. I like, I like a cold restroom, like it, it just, it's a different feel back there, but everything's super clean and you're good to go. Like you, got, you walk back out and your buzzer buzzes and you, you have a meal. Yep. But if there's that time where you walk in and go, oh, this is nasty. Or you walk over and literally the the soap that wasn't in the dispenser was all over the floor because some little kid kept using the automatic and it yep. just like it's like there's little things that will just happen that if you don't keep an eye on that you're going to lose customers right so for mine it was there was kind of a two part um, you know I'm a big fan of knowing your products and knowing what it does and how it works and you know when. You know, you come into a, one of my spots and a customer wants to buy a treadmill and our associates can turn it on, show yeah. them programs, get them working on it. And it, it's effortless. Like they know that product inside now. One of my biggest pet peeves is, you know, when I ask for an opinion to my waiter or waitress, hey, I'm looking at this pulled pork sandwich. What are your thoughts on it? Oh, it's so good. It's one of my favorites. Everything is always one of their favorites, <laughs> right? Yeah. But, you know, the, the question is, is it really one of their favorites? What is the the restaurant doing to give them the, the, the knowledge to that. And the challenge I had for the, that team was, man, it'd be great to train more on this stuff. Mm. Close the, close the restaurant down at nine o'clock. Uh, the, um, the chef comes out and makes, you know, it doesn't make full meals, but meals that people can sample and try it out. So you can tell that, that customer when I asked that question, funny story last night, we closed our you know, shop down at nine o'clock and mm-hmm. for an hour we sampled all this, this new, this new, these new meals we have. And this is so good. Didn't really care for this, but man, this was, this was awesome. And you can tell when somebody is being sincere, like exactly the passion comes out, the excitement comes out. And they can be specific about it. Oh, absolutely. What they like. The, or the, what they, the sauce and the apples that were on top and this and that. And it's yeah. like, okay, I think I will, I will have that now. And the other thing was, it popped into my head, and this is just a sales technique thing. Don't ask me how my meal was with the check in the hand and then say, do you want any dessert? Mm-hmm. I'm already done. Yep. I'm already getting ready to grab that, that, that bill out of your hand and you want to know if I want dessert now plant that seed early. Yeah. You know, when I asked that, hey, tell me about the pulled pork and you tell me, oh my gosh, the pulled pork is so good. The apples on the, the top are amazing. You put it with this glass of wine and I tell you what, this cherry cheesecake that we have right now would be a great way to finish. Ooh. Like I'm now, like you're getting hungry yeah. thinking about what I'm just talking about and I'm starving because I'm getting ready to place my, my order. You planted the seed in my brain that says, okay, I want that pulled pork. That glass of wine does sound good, mm-hmm. but I'm more interested in that cherry cheesecake now because that's what you got to be thinking about. Right. The meal comes out. I'm enjoying my meal. It's fantastic. Don't wait to the end. Give me three quarters of the way through. Keep checking on me. Be a rock star waitress or a, you know, a server for me. And then plant that, come back and you know, know that you had that seed planted and say, hey, you got room for that cheesecake, right? And then I'm going to say yes mm-hmm. because like, I'm, I've been thinking about that cheesecake since you know, bite one. Well, I think we just how to sell. Sell. We don't teach sales. Sure. We teach, you know, make sure the customer's happy and, and all these things, but we never get into specifics around training, around things that is so overlooked. I wish that we would teach as part of that sales training, like, let's look at what the restaurant looks like. Walk in with fresh eyes today. Don't walk in as an employee. Walk in as a customer and with a real discerning eye and start to grade certain areas. It's like you could have a, a little checklist. We're going to look at how does the floor look? How does the ceiling tiles look? What do people see when they're at the checkout? 
if that's what it is, or what do what do our menus look like? Are our menus gross? I mean, I'm kind of harping on the gross thing, but there's a lot of times when you've been given a menu and it's got coffee stains on it, or it's got some sort of sticky syrup on it, you know, whatever those things are. What if you just looked at everything with a discerning eye and not just with a discerning eye of like what's average, but like what's excellent? Yeah. Yeah. There's so many things, you know, especially in any industry when there is the bottom line, you know, too many times that's what everybody looks at, you know, and you don't look at the one thing that is probably the most important, which is everything we're talking about right now, the, the customer service, the, the experience, um, you know, finding ways to take care of that customer. And if you nail that, your bottom line will always be there. You know, it's, it's, you're always going to grow and you're always going to be good. But I think, you know, too many places don't train. They don't teach. They, they hire you for attitude. Oh, you're going to be so good. Right. And here's your menus. Go be the server. Yep. And they don't see it or they shadow someone that is good and they get a little taste of what it, what it's about. But that server that is being the person, the mentor, whatever you want to call it, it's coming from years of experience that now they're comfortable and this is what the, this is their routine. This is how they do things. And they're fantastic. They do yeah. a great job, but they're not really teaching. They're just kind of just follow me and watch, you know, and see, and see what happens and try to pick up as many things that you see from me instead of taking the time or the training and saying, okay, we're going to spend an hour on customer service, taking care of the customer. Here's what it looks like for us. So here's, this is part of our culture. And you know, one of the, one of the comments that one of the owners made was, man, our, our crew would just not want to do this training on, you know, a Monday night, you know, it'd, just, it'd be weird for them because they don't do it right now. And I said, yeah, but what it happens, what would happen if you just started it now? And then six months, a year down the road, it just, it's normal. It's normal. So that new hire doesn't even question it at yeah. all. You know, it's just part of, part of the, part of the gig, you know? And, you know, I told him, I said, I would love to help you out. And I would love to give you um, some other training things because people want to be poured into. You have managers that have never had any manager experience, but they're just good. They started as a server. They did a great job. They turned into a bartender. They did a fantastic job and they have tons of potential. So you promoted them to be the manager of the location and they've never had formal manager training. That's that's it. And you've given them that because they've shown that they can be excellent. So the automatic assumption is is they're going to be a great manager. And that's not always the case, but it's never the case if you don't show them how. Um, and, and so like w- when you said on a Monday night, uh, our people wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. Nobody's going to want to do that when it's brand new. You might have your few rock stars that'd be like, yeah, let's go for this. We need this so bad, but most people aren't there. And it's just what you said is you just have to put a stake in the ground and say, this is important to who we are and where we're going. And I think it's always important to show them why. Yeah. <laughs> like, and also make it about them too. Um, what if I could show you how to earn more because you're going to be tipped better? Yeah, obviously those things are going to translate. So now you've just got to create this mechanism, this framework to have consistent training. Here's the other thing is they might do that once a year or they might do it whenever they feel like it. To me, one of the things that I love about what you do on, on your Monday things is, is it's expected and it's consistent. Oh, and it's fun. Well, and you make it fun. Yeah, the crew. It, it doesn't it. have to be like this painful, boring thing to sit through with you know seventeen slides that you're going to read from. Uh, you keep it dynamic, but but again, I believe that there's so much um, power in consistency, and I think consistency is one of the aspects that leaders often overlook. Is as as an employee, I expect consistency out of my leader. Yeah, it will cost you money. It's true. 
Like you're going to spend money, but you're going to make money in the, in the long run, right. you know? And you can't tell me that a 16 to 20 something high school college kid wouldn't want free food, you know, and be training. <laughs> like they don't look at it as training. Yeah. They look at it as here, I'm going to eat some bunch of free food. We're going to talk about the food. We're going to talk about what goes into it because I'm sorry, like chefs are pretty amazing and the yeah. stuff that they do to make it taste the way it does. The, the crew needs to know that they blend this with that and you know all this all this stuff that gives it that taste when it hits your palate why not spend the time mm. and it, it's tough because restaurant industry is you know they're open a lot later than normally nine o'clock some nights it's 11 o'clock or whatever it may be so you got to find that time to be able to close the store down sure. but you could easily do it when you have and maybe you just rotate through it maybe you have a staff that's actually running the floor you know, taking care of the customers and you have a staff that comes in and is behind the scenes and sure. they're, they're, they're training and they just, you just rotate through the staff. So then that next Monday night, the crew that was training is now running the floor and that crew is in the back. So you, you're not physically closing your establishment down. You're keeping it open. You're taking care of customers. Nothing's getting missed and you're just, you're rotating through the training, but people want to be poured into. And you know, when you ask that server what do you think about this and they can't give you an answer and i think mm-hmm. matt matt told a story that he was somewhere and it was an expensive burger and the, the guy goes i don't know i don't know i've never had one before and matt looked at him like you've got to be kidding me you work in this place you're the you're the the face of this business right now and you're telling me you've never sampled anything you, you've never had this burger before and he was like it's stupid right that's dumb i i, I couldn't imagine somebody coming into my store and getting asked a question, they say, yeah, I don't know anything about this product. Mm-hmm. Like, I look at them like, are you kidding me right now? Right. Like, that's our job as leaders to make sure that if we put someone on the floor, they are going to do the job the way we want it to do 110% and be a be better than us. And too many times I think that... The, the question that I have is, is why doesn't the training happen more? You know, what, what are the excuses that people have around the training? I think that would be a great question for our listeners to respond to is is like what's been the experience around that um for for you i'm that's a question to you um for for me and the clients and the the work that i'm doing is i think a lot of times people just don't make it a priority it's easier to do the hot urgent things and we yes we know we need to do the training but and then some type of excuse rolls out we've got this to do first or that to do first and not maybe fully realizing how important and fundamental that training would be and how much it would impact their bottom line. Yeah, I think we, we assume goodwill. Oh, they're, they're a good person. They're going to figure it out. You know, oh, we're short tonight. I know you haven't been through your training yet. You've seen some of this. I need you to cover a five to whatever shift yeah. because Susie couldn't make it into work. And then you're basically just throwing them into the fire. Yep. And, you know, you're relying on he's a good person. She's a good person. They're easy to talk to. They'll do a good job. They'll be fine. But then you have that one customer that really needs help and it's bad. Yeah. And you look at it and go, you can't be mad at anybody but yourself because we put them in this role. We had a great new hire, went through 50% of the training. We were running short. So this is just a band-aid. So we're going to figure this out. But then when the customer that truly needed a great experience doesn't get it, you just lost that customer. Mm-hmm. So was it really worth that associate getting thrown into the fire, helping you out on the schedule when potentially it could have been catastrophic, which it was, it's not worth it. 
Like you got to say, you know what? I'm sorry. I can't put you on the floor right now. I know you want to. I know you think you're ready, but I, you still have two more weeks of training that we have to get you through. Let's get that done first and then we'll turn you loose. And you figure it out somewhere else. You said it earlier. And, and I think what it is, is it has to be a decision that the leadership makes that training and growth and developing our people has to be part of our culture. And I don't care if you are in fast food or if you have a more established kind of sit down nicer place or it's creating that atmosphere of this is more than a job. This could be a career path. I mean, obviously that's not going to be true for everyone or at least teach business aspects to it. If you're not teaching sales, like the, the, this, the training and the experiences that you get at being a food, you know, a server a waitress, host, whatever it might be, those translate into other jobs later in life. Those experiences and those skills that you build in doing that, learning how to handle a unhappy customer, learning how to uh, just negotiate with uh, you know another team member, all those kinds of things, those translate. And so if we just adopted more of that mindset, I, I believe it would transform because the one thing that any any other business can do. They can copy your food. They can copy your menu items. They can buy it from the same supplier. They can create a great looking establishment, but the one thing they can't copy is your culture. Sure. You know, I, uh, I wish that in life you had to work retail or restaurant, some food service, yeah. some, some service industry for a minimum of one year. Yeah. I, I feel you would treat people differently. Yeah. I feel that people would treat you differently. You would, you have just a different outlook on life because you've been in the trenches with them. You've been there during the dinner hour and you're running here and you're running there and the meal got screwed up and the woman's yelling at you and <laughs> you know like you've been there. Yeah. I am so much calmer in situations like that when I look around and go, it's mass chaos in here right now. They're running their butts off. I know it's busy. They don't get a pass, but I'm just I'm more open to being okay with when something does get screwed up. It's it's not that bad. Right. I don't freak out, you know. And I'm a I'm a God. I told this story. You know, I graduated high school and had no idea what I want to do with my life. Mm -hmm. And I got hooked up into shields and retail. And no one sits at home as a kid going, man, I'm going to work retail the rest of my life. I'm going to be a server the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a cop. I want to be this. I want to be that. It never once popped into my head, but the opportunities that my company poured into me over those years made me question what else would I want to do? Yeah. I really like this. I like the fact that I'm, I'm running my own business. I really fact I get to lead people. I love the fact that I get to go teach and, and do this all because this company poured into me as an individual. So to kind of wrap up and close, you have those people on your on your team. You have a server right now that's 17 years old, going through high school. You pour into her now. She's here through her college years, loving what she does, enjoying what she does. You continue to pour into her during her college years. She starts to look at maybe manager positions and things like that. And now she's taking classes and she's your strongest manager closing and opening your business right now. The, the date when she goes to graduate and you go, man, I have a position that you could be running this. You could be a partial owner of this, this store or this company or this bar or whatever it may be. If she's truly enjoyed everything that you gave her along the way, it's going to be very hard for her to question leaving and going somewhere else. You just, you, what you just said, 
I just think of it this way is, is you provide an education and an experience for the people that work for you. They will be loyal and they will like be great advocates for you going forward. Yeah. And you know, the, the food industry is, I've never worked in food industry, never have, but I have so much respect for people that do Absolutely. because it's uh, it's tough. But man, at the end of the day, if you just provide a great experience for your customers and you know, if you, the, the menu screwed up and the, the plate comes out and it's cold, find a way to go above and beyond, bring them out that cheesecake and just say, you know, this is on us. I uh, apologize. Yeah. And it makes everything better. I mean, Absolutely. sweets make anything better. So you bring me something sweet. I'm going to be happy and put a smile on my face. It's so. a good way to end. I am uh, Matt. And I'm James. I'll see you next week. If you have questions, comments, or ideas for topics, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at 2120podcast at gmail.com. That's the words 21 spelled out, followed by the numbers 20podcast at gmail.com. We'll make it easy and include a link to that email address in the description. If you're enjoying listening to two guys take a random topic and talk about it for 20 minutes, hey, it would mean a lot to Matt and I if you would rate it, write a review, and share it with others. Thank you again for tuning into the 2120 Podcast.